start that. And I'm going to play a little more music for the start. Part two, the Richard Rand Show. Part two here on April 16th, the day after what would have been tax pay. Back to the matter at hand. We were talking about South Korea and how they took the correct measures to fight this coronavirus epidemic. And now they can reopen their country. Something that Trump wishes he could do, but he can't because he never took the correct first steps. Why didn't he take the correct first steps? Because he doesn't care about the well-being of our people in this country. He cares only about himself, narcissist in chief, and only about looking good. He never looks good to me, but I suppose he does to some. Today, avoiding news that is detrimental to the image that he has amongst those who still think that he has an image to preserve. And his reelection, which he's got to be reelected, because if he's not, then his criminality will catch up to him. There are multiple investigations open on this criminal in chief, and the day that he is no longer president, he will be indicted on multiple counts for multiple crimes. And he is likely to be convicted because he is guilty. On top of the financial crimes that he's committed, there are many. The crimes involving the fraudulent financing of his campaigns, contributions from foreign entities, the coordination with foreign entities to cheat on his campaigns. All of that is there. Some of you may remember the Mueller report, the Mueller report, which was essentially covered up by Trump's hand-picked head of the Justice Department. Well, that investigation, which uncovered a lot of crime by the Trump regime, by the Trump uh, campaign, that's going to come out in full. All the American public saw was a very greatly redacted version, which was redacted by Trump's own administration. We'll get the unredacted version, and there's a lot of reality in there. It was investigated thoroughly. Some of the facts uncovered were, many of you know, that the Democratic National Committee was hacked by the Russian Secret Service. The actual Russians who were involved in the hack were named in that report. It was a thorough investigation. It didn't go far enough, but it did bring a lot. And there were some people who were prosecuted from Trump's administration. Multiple members of Trump's administration have been convicted of crimes. 
Some are in jail. I won't name them right here. You can look them up, but there are more. And, of course, they weren't fully charged with everything that they should be charged with, and they may still well be. So Trump just needs to be reelected so that he can try to continue to skate on the crimes that he's committed by using the power of the presidency, a power that he wants to increase. And if he gets this power again, if he gets a second term, then the sky's the limit as far as the abuses that we will see. And I do not think that it is hyperbole to say that it could be the end of our democracy if that happens. I do not think that it is hyperbole to say that we could have a dictatorship in the United States if Trump gets reelected. The stakes are that high. Which is why I argue with people on the internet and in person, or sometimes it's just a debate. Try to keep it at the level of a debate. It's very hard to debate without resorting to ad hominem attacks, personal attacks against people, calling them names, telling them that they're idiots, things like that. That's not a helpful debate tactic, and it's not a helpful, it's not a true debate at that point. Let's stick to the facts. Now, the facts are something that has become very fluid in today's world, in today's, because false news, fake news as we know of it, has increased to such an extent and is viral to use that term, to such an extent that it becomes sometimes difficult to sort through the morass of false reporting to get to the actual facts, or as close to the actual facts as we can find. Certain websites, certain sources are clearly disreputable. Clearly. I like to use InfoWars and Alex Jones as just an obvious one. That that's just about clickbait. It's about putting out something, a story that will inflame interest by making people passionate about it without regard to whether it's true or not. And the creators of this sort of false news have become more and more sophisticated. So they will take a story that has true elements in it and use as many of the true elements as possible in their false news story, but then add certain fake elements that make it more fantastic, more, more clickable something that is very dramatic. And also it plays into people's innate desire to, to believe 
that people control things because people like control. They like to be in control. On an individual level, we like to be in control. And we like to believe that things are under control. Lack of control causes stress, great stress. The most stress is caused when people do not know how to deal with an issue. They do not know what is coming next. If there are challenges coming at us, but we see those challenges coming and we know what we have to do to overcome them, the stress is less. We can exert effort to overcome challenges if we know how to do it. But if we don't know how to do it, if we don't know where the challenges are coming from, this causes stress, and stress is a killer. Stress ages us. Stress affects our nervous system, affects our immune system. People under stress will get sick faster, will recover slower, will age faster. Stress is a killer, and people don't want stress. And it causes stress if we don't know where something is coming from. And if we think that, oh, this uncontrolled situation, like the COVID, was caused by, oh, it was a man-made cause, at some level it relieves stress within people's psyches. It doesn't relieve stress within my psyche because I see a false news story that people are believing, and that causes me stress. That causes me worry. That's something that's out of control. But for the people who believe it, who believe that the coronavirus was created in a lab against all evidence, against the fact that pandemic after epidemic throughout history have come to us from nature, not through a laboratory, diseases do not have to be created in a laboratory and in fact, are not created in a laboratory. Go back in history, the Black Plague, they didn't have laboratories when the Black Plague plagued us, plagued Europe for over 200 years, starting in the Middle Ages. They didn't have laboratories to, to, to create the Black Plague. They didn't have laboratories to create Ebola. They didn't have a laboratory that created smallpox and chickenpox. All of these epidemics that caused such a great toll on the human population for years and years. They were not created in laboratories. Smallpox existed long before there were any laboratories creating anything uh, to do with viruses. They didn't even know what a virus was in the areas that smallpox was first hitting. But at some point they come up with a vaccine, and that is one of the most execrable fake news stories. The anti-vaxxers out there who try to pretend that the vaccine is not a time-proven medical technology that has saved millions of lives from smallpox, polio, measles, yeah, the measles used to kill people, and many that weren't killed were maimed by it. 
children died from the measles. But then there was a vaccine. And after that, when people got vaccinated, the deaths didn't have to happen anymore. That is one of the greatest gifts that our medical technology has given the world is the vaccines. So when the anti-vaxxers try to, against scientific proof, try to say that we should not get vaccinated, they are giving a death sentence to people. It's horrible. It is horrible for me to see. It is tragedy for me to see. And just you wait. Because we're waiting to get a vaccine now for the coronavirus. We've got laboratories throughout the world looking for a vaccine. And thankfully that we have these laboratories that have the technology to research virology. And they're there not to create viruses. In today's Democracy Now!, you can check it out on democracynow.org. They interviewed an expert on viruses, a zoologist debunking Trump's COVID-19 origin theory, which dovetails with this conspiracy theory that it was created in a laboratory, to say there are innumerable viruses out there and are always out there in nature every day now in nature, not in a laboratory, bat viruses, for instance, swine viruses that we know from the swine flu, chicken viruses that have come to us through avian flu. These viruses were created by the natural system that viruses have to mutate and get new viruses out in nature. And many of them, as the zoologist spoke about, and again, you can check him out on Democracy Now!, and he's just one zoologist. You know, he's just one. They interviewed him. It's a zoologist by the name of John Roberts. But he's an expert, and there are many others. He's not the only one. Because when we see these fake news stories come out from experts that, well, from non-experts that attest to be experts, one of the things we need to do is look at corroboration, look at peer reviewing, because this is science. And science is not a matter of there was one laboratory somewhere, there was one, one person who claims to be a scientist who said this. There was one study somewhere that usually has been already debunked, which the conspiracy theorists will present as the study that proves their point. There's a scientific method out there that has served us extremely well in our society, and we use the benefits of the science every single day. Each of us carries around a smartphone with us, the result of science. We have incredible medical technology, aside from the 
gifts of virology that have brought us vaccines, which we are eagerly now awaiting a vaccine for the coronavirus because we can stop worrying about this particular coronavirus once everyone gets vaccinated. Once a vaccine is discovered and everybody gets vaccinated, at that point, the coronavirus will no longer be an impediment to our survival and our economic survival. That is what we're waiting for. So let's hope it happens very soon. And in the meantime, we should have been following the example of South Korea, because if we had, then we would not be in this situation now, and we might not have even had to shut down our economy. And this is laid right on the lap of the execrable criminal-in-chief in the White House. He is to blame. His administration is to blame. Of course, the existing infrastructure problems in this country have come from a long line of disintegration of the safety net for our population that has left our population with no health care. And besides whining about, how are you going to pay for medical Medicare for all? How are you going to pay for it? While trillions go to the defense budget unaccounted for. Another thing that they fail to mention is that the insurance industry and the for-profit medical industry in this country take billions and billions of dollars of profit at the cost of human lives every year, and that healthcare, employment-based healthcare, employer-based healthcare, which is the system that they have been defending, oh, but people won't like their employer-based healthcare, they say. Well, the lie is just laid bare to that right now because, well, you lose your employer-based healthcare as soon as you lose your job. And all of a sudden, well, millions of people lost their jobs. And that's extremely tragic. But they didn't have to lose their healthcare at the same time if we already had a healthcare system in this country that was worth a humanitarian damn, like they do in more civilized countries in this world. So that's some of the problems with our infrastructure that led to this. But, and we need to remedy that. And that's why Bernie Sanders' movement is still going to fight. But if Trump wins a second term, he's going to clamp down. And those of us who care about humanity, about humanitarian advances, about making this a better country, are likely to be crushed under Trump presidency. So we need to stop that at any cost. And if that means voting for Biden, I will do it. Please tune in next week and I'll be back. Thank you for listening. Please listen to my podcast.